1: Darell Owens Legacy Maker Sports Network, and we are back for one-on-one, and today episode thirteen. Who says episode thirteen is um, unlucky? Not today. I got my man, Pastor Jay Patrick of Liberation Church, and former Hampton Sydney basketball star with me today. Pastor Jay, how you doing today, brother?
2: Man, I'm doing amazing. Um, considering everything that's going on, um, my family's healthy. We're good, so I'm good. Yes, awesome. sir.
1: Awesome. And, and speaking of that, yeah, I like to do a check in on everybody, see how things have been going. So how have you and the family have been handling uh, COVID with everything that's been going on, of course, all the stuff, the unrest in the country with George Floyd and the protests and the riots. How have you and your family been able to handle everything that's going on during these tough times?
2: Well, i tell you, we've been handling, handling it with, with God's grace alone. i tell you that. Um, it's been a very exhausting uh, last few months. And, um, you know, my wife is uh, currently, we're fortunate enough that she's, a, she's she stays at home uh, and is uh, kind of doing some pre early homeschooling with, with our 18 uh, month old. And uh, so she was already kind of in the routine of staying home a lot. And um, her days were mostly spent in the house. So it wasn't too much of a transition for her. Right. Um, you know, but for me, uh, the biggest transition, and this is going to sound real, uh, real superficial, but the biggest adjustment for me, man, is I, I love to go out to eat. And, uh, <laughs> you know, all the restaurants closed down on me, man. That thing was, it was awkward.
1: Driving home <laughs> it, was, it was,
2: it was different, man. Driving home and not being able to, you know, stop by old Charlie's and, Get a get a you know some chicken tenders or something like it was strange right. but but um but outside of that um we were able to manage through it very well still are um you as you know we have a homeless shelter as well for homeless military veterans and we have 38 guys that live there and right. none of them none of them tested positive which was a blessing because awesome. it would have been it would have been really difficult to because they live in close quarters. So it would have been really difficult to social distance um, them. So we just made the adjustments, man. We made the adjustments where we needed to. And uh, fortunately, we've been able to get through this relatively unscathed for the most part.
1: Awesome. Awesome. I mean, and you know, it's definitely been wild times. We've been dealing with quite a bit. You know, uh, you know, with everything with George Floyd and and so on and so on. And we've been able Mm -hmm. to kind of like, you know, every time you think we're getting back to normal, a little bit of a setback, but I feel Mm -hmm. like things are starting to come around a little bit. Um, You know, I feel like we still have a long way to go. Uh, That's Mm -hmm. just my opinion on that. But do you you feel like we're getting closer or do you feel like it's just something that we got to continue to just work on? Uh,
2: If I'm if I'm honest, Darrell, I don't think. I don't think we'll resolve this in our lifetime, to be honest with you. Um, I think that, I think the conversations are now starting to be had that should have been had, you know, 30 years ago. Right. Um, And and I think that the pressure is being applied where it needs to be applied. And so I think we're just gonna have to just continue to apply pressure. What what concerns me um, about all of it is the the drivers of the ship are Generation Z. It's the you know from tw- the early twenties to early thirties right. are kind of pushing the the majority of of the pressure. And and what concerns me is that that generation traditionally changes subjects very quickly. So. Because it's a social media age, it's hard to stay on the pulse of anything for longer than a couple of weeks because right. there'll be new headline there'll be new headlines next week, right? Right. And when the when the headlines shift, then the conversation shifts. And when the conversation on social media shifts, then everybody's attention shifts. Right. And so I'm just praying and I'm hoping that we have people, enough people in that generation and our generation. That will stay focused on this. Right, right. That will can that will that will continue to work on it. Continue to have the conversation, not just because it's the it's the buzzing trending topic right now, but because it needs to be talked about. Right. It needs to be addressed, and and changes need to be made. So I think we're going to be working on this for the rest of our lives, and I think we should. I think we should commit to it.
1: Yeah, I, I'm hoping, and I agree with you a hundred percent we are we are in a generation i mean that we hope that everybody keeps their mantle going and it's just not mm-hmm. the flavor of the week you get a little nervous when right. you see that and you say oh here we go i mean because we can look at covid for example covid had our minds and everything set for uh, two months and then yeah. this happens and we don't, we still hear about covid but we don't hear about covid the way we heard about it two weeks ago and so now it's almost like it disappeared. It's almost like it disappeared. I mean, we know that there's still <laughs> and we know that there's still cases out there. We know that that mm-hmm. stuff's going on, but it's just not as important. And uh, you know, mm-hmm. not to you know, I'm not trying to throw presidents or anything. I'm not trying to make it a political thing. But you know, you had the president say the other day, he's like, I, he told him to slow testing down. So <laughs> when you hear stuff like that, you're like, okay, well, guess we'll see how that goes when the time comes. But yeah, uh, right. we we'll just hope that they can keep the mantle going and keep things rolling. Now, Pastor, yes, Pastor Jay, of course, we know, we know that you have the love of basketball in your heart, but can you tell us where it all started from? You know, you know, when did you uh, first say, man, I, basketball is my heart and soul? Where Where did that come in for you? And, you know, where did your love of basketball come from?
2: Wow. So, um, Wow, I've never really thought about that question. But the answer is, is relatively simple. Um, and it's three, three things. So the first thing was, is that it was the rite of passage in my neighborhood. So my cousin had a, had a bas- dirt basketball court. Oh, um yeah. right right beside you you know you remember those dirt basketball courts right yeah. and, and um and it was the rite of passage um in the neighborhood so you you had to if you wanted to play you had to learn how to play so, <laughs> <That's> so <true. laughs> you, you know so it was almost like you didn't have a choice either you were just gonna learn how to play or you were just gonna kick rocks and throw sticks by yourself because everybody else was playing basketball Right. So, so because of that, I kind of zeroed in and and kind of tried to figure out how to play. Secondly, um, I watched. The, you remember that game when Jordan um, was, was playing the uh, where the Bulls were playing the Cleveland Cavaliers in the playoffs, and yes. Jordan hit that 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 last second shot where he drove to the to the middle lane and kind of hung in the air and double pump.
1: Yeah, just look. I think it's <laughs> Craig Elo.
2: Craig Elo. so i watched that game live and that shot that moment that feeling that cemented in my mind that this is the greatest game ever developed and i want to be a part of it i want to i want to i want to figure out how to be a part of it thirdly was the first high school basketball game I ever went to was one of the state's greatest rivalries and that's Gretna and Alta Vista ah, and I was <laughs> yeah and yeah. I was I was about I guess maybe six years old six seven years old and my sister who was in high school at the time took me to the game with her because I don't know if my mom was just trying to keep me up for have an eye on her or what but for whatever reason my mom made her take me and um and I went and I kid you not Darrell I felt like I was in Madison Square Garden I mean
1: <laughs> the energy
0: I'm
2: so I'm so serious man it was so turned I mean it was like it was the it was the best thing I had ever seen in my life it was the greatest feeling um you know, and the rivalry was so tense, and the games were so—I mean, they just—they played so hard, and it was—they were cool, and—and and true story. After the game, there was a guy playing for Gretna named Tim King, and to date, he's still probably the best high school basketball player that I've seen um, in person. And I got an autograph from him, <laughs> and and uh, and that was—that cemented it. Um, and I, and I'm, I hate to get off, off course, but I want to just tell this why it's fresh on my mind, but it all came full. Cause look, watch this. I got his autograph, right? Maybe, I don't know how many years later, I guess fifth, maybe, uh, maybe 10 years later, I'm playing for Gretna. I'm the star for Gretna. Tim King comes to the game. Tim King comes to me after the game. And just as a gesture of going, things coming full circle, he asked me for my autograph. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, man, it was crazy,
1: crazy awesome. moment.
2: It was a crazy moment, crazy moment.
1: It ain't nothing like that. That's, that's a pretty cool deal right there. I mean, that's yeah. that's, that's the moments in uh, sports that you get that, you know, some, on big level, uh, on the biggest level, on the smallest level, that sometimes you just, you can always have those memories. And that, that's pretty cool yeah. he came back, he gave me the autograph. That's awesome.
2: Yeah. That's awesome. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, now, eventually, you know, we talked about, you know, your high school days at Gretna and that mm-hmm. would lead to a, a college career at division three Hampton, Sydney college, where y'all mm-hmm. had pretty impressive records over the years, but probably the biggest mm-hmm. thing that I, that I've got a chance to research and look still uh, the single game three pointers made eight in the game. I believe I could be wrong. It's still held by Mr. J Patrick. So you still have that single game record for most threes made <laughs> in a game. Uh, so just tell us about your days at Hampton, Sydney, and, and what that experience meant to you.
2: Wow. So um, part of the story that a lot of people don't know is that I actually started out at Longwood. And so oh. um, I started as a freshman at Longwood. And, um, and so what happened was is that the coach that recruited me to longwood uh basically um i don't remember if he got fired or he resigned but there was a coaching change my right. first year there was a coaching change and um and the new coach really you know he wanted to bring in his own people and right. bring in yeah. his own players and all that kind of stuff and i was i was pretty positioned i was positioned to kind of you know to stay on the team and still get some relatively good minutes and all of that but what happened but what happened was is that we used to play pickup games with the guys from hampton sydney Ah. so so during the summer we would link up um and play pickup games with the guys from Hampton, sydney so what happens is is we're playing pickup and i got to i got to know marcus gregory and all those guys and we became friends and so, you know, we would, you know, hang out together, things like that. But then when things changed was when a guy named Griff Alrich um kind of just struck up a conversation with me during one of the one of the pickup games. Right. And he kind of just, he kind of just threw it out there. He was like, man, he's like, you fit in, you fit in really good with these guys. Like, what would it be like to play over here? And, you know, I got to thinking about it. And I was like, you know what? We got a coaching change at Longwood, blah, right. blah, blah. Deep me and these guys really gel, we really mesh, you know, and they played hard. Like Hamden Sydney guys are different. Like they, they they play with a sense of discipline and effort that is, you know, is is really different. And you, you really can tell it when and even I mean back then anyway. Um and so i was just attracted to it i was attracted to it and it was the relationships that i had built with the guys from hampton city that kind of lured me over there so i transferred i transferred um uh, to hampton city my sophomore year and it, it was an amazing experience um sorry about that i love Oh man, let's see. All right. So
1: you were saying, Pastor?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it was an amazing experience. Amazing experience, and um, you know, it was. It took a little bit of adjusting. Um, everyone, everyone throws out the whole all male thing, and everybody feels like that's the issue. But the thing is, is that that was never an issue because no. you know we, you know, long was a short trip. You know, yeah, yeah. you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and 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 Sweet Bri and all those girls, all girls schools. So that we had ninety nine problems, but girls won one of them. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's real talk. That's real talk. That's awesome. So so you know so so that so the but the basketball was great. The um the the fellowship, the camaraderie. It's a special place. I'm gonna be honest, it's a special place. And um, I had some adjusting to do because I was always used to being a key player, a star player. And at Hamden Sydney, there, there were no star players really when I right. got there. There was, there was It was just really a, a team concept um, through and through. And so uh, we had a really deep bench and I came off the bench for most of my career at Hamden Sydney and I wasn't used to that, but at the same time, we won. Like we, we, we were winners, and I think we won. We won the O.D.A.C. all three years that I was there. So, it was a sacrifice I had to make. But um, but I was glad. I was I was glad to do it once I matured and once I grew up. You know, I had to I had some growing up to do. Right. Um, and I had some. I had to gain an understanding of the value of team and the value of winning opposed to the the value of 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 shining and being the go-to guy and you know all that kind of stuff i had to mature a lot to take on that new role
1: so it kind of taught you it taught you how to be you know to grow as a person instead of being like single you thought you it brought you to that team aspect of things and yeah you can't beat that you can't beat that
2: yeah 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 now i I always. So
1: go ahead, Pastor. Uh,
2: Well, I always say, you know, the thing about sports is that sports is one of the greatest teachers of life lessons that you'll ever find. I advise all parents to at least expose your children to sports because they're so, and especially if you can find them good coaches because there's so much that they learn about life. There's so much they learn about leadership. They learn about teamwork, discipline, work ethic, um, being accountable. Um, it's, just, it's, it's just amazing. And so, um, so yes, Darrell, I, um, I learned a lot. I grew as a man on that basketball team. And some of those lessons are still with me to this day.
1: Awesome. Now, you know, you left, you know, you graduate from Hampton, Sydney and then a couple of years later, if not before then, you know, you decide or, you know, you get the call and to become a pastor. How did all that happen? How did your journey from college, you know, go from there to becoming a a pastor uh, and pretty much to where you are today?
2: Very reluctantly, very reluctantly. I didn't I had no desire at all to be a pastor um but it was a natural evolution because i used to actually i used to actually be the guy on campus that would walk around with my bible sometimes i would be in the in the cafeteria you know just studying my bible and i became kind of the guy that when when other guys were going through things like i would be the guy that they would just sit down with and ask questions so for example like if if a guy's mom got diagnosed with cancer right yeah. you know they, they this, uh, that guy would find me and be like hey jay you know what does the bible say about that what does the bible say about you know disease and healing and all that kind of stuff and at that time I didn't have the answer but what I would do is I'd say hey um I don't I don't know but I'll study it and come by my dorm room later and we'll go through it some scriptures together
1: right
2: and that kind of organically turned into like a thing where you know guys would come to my dorm room for encouragement like you know and and sometimes it would turn into bible study sometimes it would turn into prayer you know um but i just did it and and i didn't I, it just happened naturally and when I moved, when I graduated and moved to Richmond, it was kind of the same thing. I started a home Bible study, very organically, just with some of my close friends, Jason Holman, you know him, Right. Um, um, Brandon Randall would come, those that were close enough to Richmond that would stop by from time to time. And we would just have Bible study, man. Um, and it went from like four people in my living room to on one wednesday night we had about 27 people that started wow. coming wow <laughs> and, and from that it kind of opened my eyes to there's that's something here that's something i need to develop and um i didn't want to do it i i you know to even to this day sometimes i wish that it was still a bible study mm-hmm. only because you know, passion is hard, man. <laughs> <laughs>
1: if people truly don't understand,
2: <laughs> it's hard, man. It's hard. It's hard work. Um but uh but so it's it's all happened really naturally, really organically, um you know, and and like I said, I mean, there were there were times where like I was like Moses and I just I just pleaded with God like I don't want to do this. Like, you know, God pick somebody else, you know, like I'll do anything but this. And um but but God kept, you know, just kept picking at me. Kept like, oh. no, you're going to you're going to do this. And eventually, you know, I end up pastoring a church.
1: Yeah, I mean, and this year it's almost if it's not it's been 10 years, correct?
2: Yes sir, 11 <laughs> actually.
1: 11 <laughs> this years, year. yeah. yeah. <laughs> time uh-huh. flies i remember i think i remember maybe by like year two it doesn't seem like that, that time has flown by so fast but uh it, right. you know i think that's probably what, about the time i started uh going there and it was like man i can't believe it's has grown into what you what has grown in just the last you know in the last couple of years i mean you know we've talked uh-huh. about it multiple times where you know we knew that we were outgrowing buildings and you knew it just uh-huh. it kept happening and kept happening and kept happening and now we are where we are and it's, it's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing to see. It's a beautiful thing to see. That's why I said, I know it's hard for you. You know, being, being a pastor, <laughs> there's a lot of expectation, you know, you you know, so I can understand like definitely going through those tough times. And But you persevere, mm-hmm. sir.
2: <laughs> amen, amen, thank you.
1: <laughs> All right, y'all. So now it's time for my f- f- favorite part of the show. It's time for Quick Ones. All right, mm-hmm. Pastor are you ready for Quick Ones? Yes, sir. All right. We're going to break it. them out for you. we got a couple for you. All right. You can do one word answers or you can explain yourself. I give the people that option on that. Most people like to explain this stuff because they like to break down the answer. So it's up to you. But le- when you're okay. ready, sir, we're ready for quick ones. Let's do it. He's ready. All right, sir. First one. Sport that you secretly love. Baseball. Ah, baseball. Why, what made you get that itch in baseball? Why do you like baseball so much?
2: Well, um, it was the first, it was actually the first sport that I learned how to play. I learned how to play baseball before I learned how to play basketball. And, um, you know, it's just, it's it's just one of those games that it requires a lot of skill. It requires mm-hmm. a lot of, um, it requires a lot of teamwork and I think it I think it's very underrated. I think it's a very underrated game. And um yes. <laughs> they'd be sleeping you know, on baseball. It's, yeah, it's, it's very <laughs> underrated.
1: They definitely be sleeping on baseball. I played a couple years in high school and mm-hmm. uh you know, it was it was so much fun. I mean I just mm-hmm. it's just the atmosphere. It's a different it's just a different type of game. Just a different type yeah. of yep. game. Yeah. Oh, yep. Next yep. one. The NBA is supposed to be coming back uh July thirty-first. Uh, we will see if it actually goes down. There's been some speculation last couple, uh, last couple of, I guess in the last couple of weeks on how that's going to go down. As of right now, we oh, have a tentative date, but in your mind, if you're looking at it right now, if they actually play. Who do you see winning the NBA championship? Lakers. Lakers. Easy. Yes, sir. Easy, easy, easy money. <laughs> easy. <laughs> you know, easy. Easy. Got, easy. 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 peasy. Word. Easy. I got to agree with you. I, I feel the same way. I think, this is there. just everything that's gone on this year, from you know Kobe Bryant at the beginning to now, I feel like the motivation is just going to be there. It's going to be hard to beat him, just on that yeah. emotional front. So I guess we'll see there.
2: <laughs> and 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 I'll say when it comes to LeBron, um, the way he approaches the way he approaches the game at this level is. Um, is something that's that's really dangerous because right. it's, it's it's almost like he prepares he prepares to he prepares for the for the finals. He doesn't. Even, it's like it's like his he's thinking and he's thinking all year about the finals. Right he, in the way he in the way he prepares his body and the way he prepares his team and the way he builds his team. It's like this guy has has made this into a science and it's almost like he's learned how to navigate the peaks and valleys and work it out so that when he gets to the finals he's at his best he's at his optimum right. and so i think that's um i think that's a dangerous uh, he's he's uh, he's like a basketball chess player it's it's yeah. crazy <laughs> you know it's it's uh his moves are real strategic and um, so I I think I think they got the advantage, man. I think they got the advantage.
1: It's gonna be. Uh, to me, I said, like I said, it's gonna be. It's just gonna be hard. All the all around, mm-hmm. I think emotionally, it's gonna be hard. Maybe the Bucks contend with them, but I just think the Lakers had the depth, and that's yeah. That's just my opinion on that. Now, next one. Name uh, a person that had you starstruck when you met them.
2: Ah, uh, well, since we're on a sports show, I mm-hmm. met Shaq last year ah uh, yeah i met shaq it was it was kind of cool i posted it on my timeline i was in georgia i was in i think atlanta georgia or augusta georgia mm-hmm. at a ministry assignment and there was this huge basketball tournament high school tournament happening and shaq was there i, I don't know if he was recruiting i don't know if he was cat. Foreca- i don't know what why he was right. there but he was there and he was in the lobby just chilling like, I mean, he wasn't, you know, by he had no security guards or whatever. He was, he was just a, hanging out with everybody else, had a tank right. top on and some basketball shorts, just sitting there eating his breakfast. So um, I met him and that was real cool, man, because, you know, I, I it's, it's always that awkward moment where you see somebody that's, that's, that's famous and. You, you don't want to interrupt them because you know they're constantly interrupted. Yeah. And you don't want to be that you don't want to be that guy. Um, <laughs> but then at the same time, you kind of can't help it because when when am I going to ever see Shaq again? Right? You're
1: right. You may uh, never
0: see Shaq. <laughs> you may never see Shaq know? again.
2: <laughs> so I had to just bite. I, I had to just say, you know what, I'm going to just be that guy today. And I just I tapped him on the shoulder. I was like, man, would you mind if we got a picture? And he was real cool about it. So that's that's it.
1: That's awesome. I think I, there's a couple people I've had on my list, uh, but the there's one that I saw and I, I wanted to go speak to him, but I didn't. Uh, and that mm-hmm. was Donovan McNabb. I saw Donovan McNabb in the Atlanta airport. He was eating, mm-hmm. uh, he, he was eating too. And that's another reason mm-hmm. I didn't bother him because he was eating. And then a kid comes up with a Syracuse jersey on. I mean, the timing, <laughs> the timing. I'm like, man, I need this kid. If I had the kid with the Syracuse jersey, I'd be all right. I could walk up to him, but, right. I, I, right, I, but right, he's right, probably right. the one uh, I, you know, I walked past Cam Newton in the airport, didn't realize it was him until two seconds later. But the, the Donald mm-hmm. McNabb was one that was in the sports world that I was like, Oh my God, he was right there. I didn't say nothing to him. I just let it, he just walked right past me. But you know, right, being right. In, this, in this, in this, uh, in this field now, you, I've walked past quite a few people <laughs> and just be like, maybe next time we'll, we'll, we'll see. I
2: we'll got, <laughs> I got a funny one for you though, that's, that's not sports related. So okay. I also, I also, uh, last year met somebody that was really cool so last year in the airport i met tasha from power
1: <laughs> Oh, for <real? laughs> this is a big rich town yeah <laughs> and,
2: and it was right when the show was like really really popping like really right. really you know and and she was walking through the airport too like man she looked like a teenager like you I mean very unassuming very unassuming it was real cool to meet her too
1: that's awesome. <laughs> Wait a minute, Teen Tasha or Tina Angela? I just had to ask. <laughs> it's okay, Pastor. Don't, I'm not don't, do, don't do
2: that to me. Don't do that to me.
1: I ain't gonna make that happen to you, sir. I ain't gonna make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one on quick ones, Pastor. Hmm, how should I word this? The best case, the, no, the best cake you've ever tasted the best
2: cake best cake you've ever tasted red velvet Ooh. Red, red velvet cake with um with uh, what kind of icing is that they have on it i think it? it's, it's like um
1: a, oh a cream like not a, cream cheese yeah,
2: something like that it's yeah, something yeah, yeah. like cream cheese with walnuts in it like red velvet is the undisputed champion for me
1: <laughs> but <laughs>
2: But I've only but but only from one particular person that makes it my aunt makes mm-hmm. I have an aunt that makes red velvet cakes and I've never had anybody's that's c- comparable to hers. Like, you know, I've I've had other people's, I've tried it, you know. It, just ain't and, the same. And it, it it's not even close. It's, it's not even close. Even
1: close. <laughs> and that's no disrespect, it's just Ain't on that level. <laughs> no, nah, I
2: ain't on that level, man.
1: I think my favorite, my mom used to make a chocolate on chocolate cake for me every year for my, uh, for my birthday. And so for okay. me, chocolate, yeah, chocolate on chocolate was one. But another one, uh, my aunt, uh, my Aunt Boo Boo, uh, she used mm-hmm. to make a strawberry cake, but it had the confetti chip uh, icing on the top. Not the one with the sprinkle chips, but like that looked like chocolate mm-hmm. chips, but different. Co- Man, she used to make that for me like every year between her and my mom. I was like, those two cakes do it for me. <laughs> wow. Those kids do do it for me. <laughs> that's, good, that's
2: good stuff. That's good. What's your what's what's your favorite Blue Bell ice cream?
1: Oh oh, wait a minute now. All right, so oh so I would say my favorite Blue Bell ice cream would probably be. Well, I like I used to love Rocky Mountain Road, but they don't. They never showed. They never had that one here anymore. Uh, it was like okay. a Rocky Road ice cream. that had walnuts in it, and it was it was a monster, but. I'm gonna go with uh, Millennium. It's got like 95 different types of almonds and and pistachios, and it's got a whole bunch of different nuts in there, but it is delicious. So Millennium is my favorite. Millennium. Millennium. Yeah, Moolinium. Like, (laughs) So it's like like a cow, but it's like, Millennium. So I'm I'm going with that. It's my favorite. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay got it <laughs> all right Pastor Jay. look we truly appreciate having you on but before we go is there any special projects you have going on or you know that you want to let us know about and also we want to know about your legacy you know we're legacy maker sports we want to know about your legacy what type of legacy you want to to leave when you say I'm just going to retire and sit back and relax <laughs> what type of legacy do you want to leave
2: yeah so um so first um the only real project that i have going on man is 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 our church reopening um i've got i've got a i've got a few other things that are later on in the year and i won't bore you guys with that but if anybody's out there and you're and you're looking for a church if you're looking for you know i know this is a sports show but hey i mean sports people that love sports go to church too so (laughs) um if if, if, you know if, if if you're out there and you just so happen to be looking for a church home um you know a place of community and a place of um of of spiritual growth then try out liberation church check us out on facebook um you know drop out drop by we're going to be starting to um have services again in july and um in august so um look us up i think you might enjoy what you find um in terms of my legacy um you know this, the mission at our church is to love people, to show kindness and to serve change. And so my legacy is probably, I would want it to be the latter part of that mission and that's serving change. I want Mm -hmm. my life to be one that I serve and it calls change because I serve, because I gave of myself, because of uh, my willingness to get involved and, help people and be kind to people and um, and make a difference and make a difference. And so um, I would like to be able to think when I'm 75 and I'm sitting on my porch that I can look back at the things that I had my hands on that are now generationally changed for the better. Right. Um, And so now my grandchildren live in a better Richmond than I did. Um you know, my great grandchildren will be a part of Liberation Church, right And I even when I'm gone, and they'll have a place of hope and we'll have schools and different things and leadership academies and again, programs for the homeless and you know, it'll be a long list of people who were helped and their lives were changed because of the things that we had the guts to do. And um, that's what I want my legacy to be.
1: Awesome. Awesome. I will I will say this. I feel like in about 20 years when we have Wells uh, leading, maybe 20, 25 years when we have Wells leading things, I think we'll be in pretty good hands. I've already seen a taste of it a couple months ago on <laughs> the stage. So I, I think we're going to be in good shape uh, once Wells decides to take the race uh, down the road. Yeah. You, you put down the mic and say, all right, Wells, it's on you, brother. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> now, like I said, I truly appreciate you uh, coming on, Pastor. And like I said, he, you mentioned it just a couple seconds ago. Not everybody may be into church, but if that is the case, maybe this ain't the episode for you, but hopefully this episode touched your heart in some form or a fashion. Pastor Jay, wow. I truly appreciate you coming on. Thank you all for joining us for episode 13 of one-on-one with Darrell Lawrence, the Legacy Maker Sports Network. Until next time.
0: One. One, 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 one. Welcome to the one on one. One on one. When it comes to ratings, man, we number one. We number one. I get the truth, then I give them the scoop. If anybody got a question, I give them the proof. Welcome to the 101. on one When it comes to ratings, man, we number one. I get the truth, then I give them the school. If anybody got a question, I give them the food. Welcome to one-on-one at Legacy Maker Sports Network.